0: This is Big Podcast. Build the Big Podcast, the marketing podcast for podcasters. David Hooper with you. This is the audio edition of my weekly newsletter. It is called Big Podcast Insider. It goes out via email every Friday morning, New York time. If you are interested, newsletter.bigpodcast.com is the website in this episode. Fame has a shadow. Steal these YouTube ideas for your podcast. YouTube's podcasting deals with NPR, Slate, and the New York Times. They're flopping. That's not a podcast. And also some classified ads, things to help your podcast that I think you should be aware of. I run it like an old school audiobook. Every time you hear this sound, that's when I'm switching stories. You can follow along and get all the links at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. This episode brought to you by Riverside.fm. Riverside is a remote recording platform that makes you sound like you're in the next room, even if your guest or your co host is across the world. It records locally, getting you the best audio quality, regardless of your internet connection. Over 70,000 people and companies use it. Companies like that one that's flopping on YouTube right now, the New York Times. But it sounds good, and you can sound good too. They're going to give you a couple of hours to try it for free. This is the URL, riverside.fm. Check it out, look under the hood, see if it works for you. You're going to sound great. And if you want to keep it, I think you will. This is a discount code. Big Podcast, B-I-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. That's riverside.fm, the code BIGPODCAST. Hey, real quick, before I get into it, Podcast Jumpstart 2.0, starting it up in just a couple of weeks. You're going to want to be a part of this, and it is free. The first one, 3,700 people went through it with me. This one, we are going through it together. We're taking the month of June. Small things that you can do to your podcast right now. It doesn't take a lot of time to make these little bitty changes, but they're going to get you big results. You're also going to be connected with other podcasters doing the exact same thing. I'll be leading the group and going through it with you as well. It is free to sign up and don't let that fool you. It's something that I'd normally charge for, but I'm checking out some new software. I want to give it a good test. And to do that, I'm letting all the listeners of Build a Big Podcast, including you, in on this for free. Here's how to do it. Bigpodcast.net, not .com, bigpodcast.net slash jumpstart. Go there now before you forget, bigpodcast.net slash jumpstart. I'll get you on the list. When June comes, we're jumping right in. You, me, and your other podcasting buddies, we're gonna make our podcast better. Again, it's free, and you're gonna get big results from it. More listeners, more money, more impact with your podcast. Bigpodcast.net, not .com, bigpodcast.net slash jumpstart. Fame has a shadow. Every issue of Big Podcast Insider, I started off, like a lot of newsletters, with a prologue. Had a somewhat generic prologue for this issue ready to go. Based on YouTube, that's the theme of the issue. Then I got news that a well-known blogger, her name was Heather B. Armstrong, known as Deuce, she died by suicide. I've got a link to her bio and more information about her. If you don't know about who she was, what she did was very important to the blogging industry and eventually what we do as podcasters. She was in it very early on. She invented mommy blogging more or less, or certainly was one of the pioneers of that genre. Everything is linked at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. I want to talk about you, though, because this is an important topic. This is something that I have seen not only in blogging, not only in podcasting. I've seen it in radio. I've seen it with musicians that I've worked with, comics that I've worked with. What we do as podcasters, but let's just say creators, people who are putting themselves on the line, you're creating something, you're offering it to the public, maybe it's music, book, blog, podcast episode, Whatever. Every time we publish something, so for us as podcasters, every time we publish an episode, we open ourselves up to criticism from people, most of whom we don't even know. Heather's final blog post, she mentioned, and she was talking about sobriety, but this is very similar to what we do. (laughs) She talked about sobriety feeling like living life as a clam without its shell. It's raw, man. You're throwing something out into the world that you put your heart and soul into, and it takes a lot of time. These episodes that I release like this, several hours, I've got to write the newsletter, print it out, mark it up, outline the podcast, record the podcast, edit the podcast, episode notes for the podcast, publish the podcast. There's a lot into it. You're going to consume this, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes. It doesn't take you nearly as long to consume this episode as it did for me to create it. And you think about your consumption, you're listening to it as a single person. I'm making it as a single person, but there's a lot of you. There's thousands of people listening to this episode. There are thousands of people reading the newsletter. Same for your podcast episodes. You put a lot into the creation, the outline, the recording, the editing, the publishing. It goes out into the world, magnified by as many people are actually listening to it. They've all got opinions of it. And a lot of that comes back to you. So it's raw. You might say something just a little bit off and maybe somebody writes you and they're offended by it or they don't agree with it, or they've got an opinion on it. It's like water dripping on you. Drip, 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 drip. A comment here, a comment there. That adds up as far as what we take in from our audience. And that can be good and it can be not so good. It can be positive comments, negative comments. The point is is that after an episode, after a creative thing that you're doing, you can be pretty raw, and somebody who's not as attached to what you have done is very well going to comment on it. And more often than not, a lot of people are going to comment on it. So that rawness that you feel, that can be a little agitated. Strangely enough, the rawness that you feel from creating something like this, a podcast. That's exactly why people love podcasts. It feels good and it's helpful to know that there are other people in the world going through the same things that we are. Not just bad things, but also exciting things, happy things. Talked about Heather being part of the mommy blogger movement. Think about motherhood, the ups, the downs. Your kid's doing great. You've got a kid in the first place. You've wanted a kid forever. Your kid is frustrating. Your kid is in trouble. Your kid needs help. It's a lot of emotion that comes from being a human. Certainly something like motherhood, which is what Heather B. Armstrong put out there for everybody to see. And that's what I want to focus on now, because you may be going through something similar. You like the raw content. You want to share feelings. You want to connect with people that are like you. So you put it out there in a raw way. Maybe it takes off. Maybe it doesn't take off. And that's a whole nother thing. When you feel like you're being ignored, sometimes that can be worse than something actually taking off. Regardless, it's very easy to become overextended as far as how much of your life that you share with others. I don't have all the answers when it comes to how much of yourself that you should share with the world, but here are the three things that I know. One, if you want longevity as a podcaster or any creative person, you need to operate at a pace that is sustainable. And that could be the frequency of episodes that you release. That could be what you talk about. could be a number of things. It could be the energy that you put into each episode. A lot of people get so close to the work that they do that it's very difficult for them to put out even one episode. They're so close to it, man. Maybe you're that way. I do think there's an element of balance that we have to look at. One, we want to be engaged in our work, right? We want to like what we do. Every book that I put out, I want to feel good about it. Feel like people are going to read it. Feel like it's going to be helpful to people. Same for every podcast. But at the same time, if you get too invested in it, and I'm going to get to that in rule number three here, if you get too invested in something, that can be a double-edged sword. Second thing here, you will benefit from solid boundaries regarding what you share with the public. And it's easier to establish those boundaries before you get a big audience. Something I have noticed, I think this happens to all of us, mostly all of us. The majority of people, I would argue, really love praise. We love to know that we're doing something good. We want to feel that the work that we do matters. We want to feel that we're making impact. And we'd like money. If we're making money off of something that we create, that feels good too. Money can give you freedom. Money can give you options. It feels good to make money. At the same time, And one of the things that happens to people, and it could be attention, mostly attention, but it could be money. It could be a feeling that you get, is that when we get a good feeling or attention or money, we want more of these things. You might have experienced this as a salesperson. You're selling something. What's the easiest thing for a salesman to do when he's not getting a sale? Lower the price. And on the flip side of that, one of the things that you see a lot for podcasters, bloggers, YouTubers you up the ante and go more extreme with whatever it is that you released. There's a great episode of The Simpsons. Homer's teaching a marriage class, night school or something. He's not being very successful about it until he says, ah, Marge said it would be this way. Then everybody perks up. He shares his personal life. Oh, what else did Marge say? Next thing you know, he's sharing all his family secrets with the class. He's sharing too much. But they're interested because the audience His students, they're hungry for this type of information, the gossip, the sensationalism, whatever it is. He wants more attention, he keeps giving them more of that. And we've all been there. It's very easy to do that. Just like a salesman dropping the price, that's the easiest way to get a sale. The easiest thing for us to do to get more attention is do more of what we did or do it in a more extreme way. But what's the price of that? That goes back to what I'm talking about, about the rawness. To do an episode, you've got to write it record it, outline it, edit it, all the little things that you have to do to get an episode out. For the listener, 20, 30 minutes, done. What's next? What's next? What's next? I've done all the time with books. Takes me two, three years to write a book. When's the next one coming out? Man, I hadn't even thought about it. I'm still promoting this one. That's number two. You'll benefit from solid boundaries regarding what you share with the public, and it's easier to establish these boundaries before you get a big audience. You say, this is my line in the sand. This is what I'm willing to do. This is what I'm not willing to do. And I'm not saying that you can't change. Boundaries change. People change. Goals change. But just be aware of this. One of the things that I see a lot with anybody on social media, podcasters, anybody doing online publishing, just like Homer Simpson, they're bringing their wives and their family into it. One cute baby photo, next thing you know, a few years later, you're talking all about your kids Oh, you know, Janie had a first date. Oh, Janie had a pimple and she couldn't go to prom. And look, Janie didn't ask to be dragged into this. So you got to be careful about that. Have those boundaries ahead of time. I'm going to approach things like this, not like that. Number three, this is the most important. This is what I mentioned a minute ago. And this is one of the things that I think affected Heather. I think it affects all of us in a certain way. If you live off the praise of others, you will die by their criticism. This is what happens when podcasters get too excited about stats. Too excited about likes, too excited about interaction. When you're thinking about numbers rather than, I really connected to somebody or I put out a great episode today, you're basing your self worth on other people, not what it is that you do. I'm going to say it again because I think it's worth writing down. If you live off the praise of others, you will die by their criticism. You got to have something more than the praise of others that is fuel in your tank for creating a podcast. Some people talk about your why, why are you doing this? Get clear on that. And it cannot be for other people. Other people are part of it. Sure, we wanna impact people with our message. Maybe you wanna make money. There's a transaction that needs to occur, but you have gotta have something more than praise or money. There's gotta be a reason for you to be doing what you're doing. I talked about this episode being the YouTube issue. YouTube is a great opportunity for some, but it's also one of those things that I think it makes it very easy to overexpose yourself. It makes it very easy for you to bring other people, your family, for example, into the content that you publish. Even if it's just putting your house on video or the kids are running through the background, they didn't ask for that. Do you have their permission to do it? Are they engaged in it as you are? I see a lot of podcasters want to jump into YouTube and it goes back to what I'm talking about with getting attention. Say, podcasting has a discoverability problem. YouTube is going to get you to the people who want to see you. TikTok is going to get you in front of an audience that wants to see you. Algorithms, man. Podcasting doesn't have that. You've probably heard that. I will say this. Just because everybody else is there, it doesn't mean that you need to be there as well. There are plenty of people who have had successful careers online, content creation, podcasting, without ever putting a video on YouTube. And I've talked about being anonymous or semi-anonymous with your podcast. That is a possibility as well. You can do that with YouTube. Talked about that a couple of episodes ago. Pace yourself and work at your own level. If You do not take care of yourself. You're not going to be able to help others. And if you need help yourself, thoughts of suicide, if you're in the United States, 988 is a number that you can call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, one 800 273 8255. Two numbers for you if you're in the US, 988 or the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 1 800 273 8255. You want to use the web? speakingofsuicidecom resources. That's a helpful resource. We need you here. There are a lot of good people that we are losing to suicide and burnout. So if you need help, or if you're on the fence, yeah, I might need some help. Take advantage of these resources. Everything's linked, newsletter.bigpodcast.com. I talked about the podcast Jumpstart. You're kind of like, yeah, you know, kind of burnt out on my podcast. It's not really that exciting. Look, I don't want to force podcasting on you if you feel like you need a break from podcasting. But there are different ways to approach podcasting, other things that you can do that might reinvigorate you. That might be an option for you to continue what you're doing but keep up the level of engagement that you used to have or the excitement that you used to have. If you want that, that URL again, bigpodcast.net, not com. Bigpodcast.net slash jumpstart. We're gonna start that in a couple weeks. I would love to have you join me. It's free. You're gonna be in there with a lot of other people. We're gonna have a lot of fun. We're all doing it together. And it's gonna help you get your podcast and also you, because you're the energy behind your podcast, back on track. Steal these YouTube ideas for your podcast. Here's a funny story. <laughs> I needed a new razor. So I went to YouTube to check out reviews. Because, you know, you can get on Amazon and it's written and it's like, oh, I love this razor. Oh, I hate this razor. And they're fake reviews or whatever. I wanted to see somebody on video saying, this is the best razor I've ever gotten. And this is why. So I go on YouTube and I type things like best razor, razor reviews, safety razor, cartridge razor, looking through different types of razors. YouTube has thousands of videos of guys shaving and taking it very seriously, by the way. (laughs) I talked about the process of putting a podcast out. Come up with the idea. You outline it. You write it out or script it, maybe. You record it. You edit it. Shaving is the same way for a lot of guys. There's this huge process. They got to make the lather. They got to do all this, you know, prep the skin. They've got an eight step system or something. Anyway, (laughs) you see these dudes on YouTube and they're getting really into it, really into it. They're arguing about blades, Japanese steel versus titanium, platinum coated ones, offering commentary on the best way to get a close shave. One blade is better than two blades. Three blades is better than two blades, whatever. (laughs) It's crazy. Now I'm being targeted with ads. You know how this works. You search for something online. And even if you've turned off the tracking, somehow they figure a way to approach you with more of it. That's the way online business works. That's the way online content works. And YouTube suggested a video to me. It's got 4,100,000 views. Not well lit. Not highly professional. It's a dude shaving. So I was like, all right, cool. 4,100,000 views. This dude must know something. So I watched it and I looked through the comments. That's what caught my attention. Most of the people there, they didn't care about shaving. They weren't there for that. They loved the sound of it. This dude was using a safety razor. He's dragging that blade across his face. like, And they loved it. And I thought to myself, is that a new genre of podcast? Somebody shaves every morning records it. Hey, here's the daily shave. Fresh episodes for people who love the sound of a man dragging a blade across his face. That got me thinking about some of the other common YouTube videos that could be used for podcasting. One of the things you see on YouTube a lot are challenges. Most of the trends that you see on video sites, YouTube, TikTok, they're not going to work for an audio podcast. But something I have found is that limited run, highly specific cohort style content works very well for podcasts. I mentioned the podcast Jumpstart. Have I done that? Yeah, like two times. And if you still haven't gone to bigpodcast.net, not .com, slash jumpstart, do that, join in, you'll see how I do this. The elements of a challenge work very well for a podcast, because people like to do things together. And you've seen different things on YouTube, dances, Ice Bucket Challenge, shove a bunch of marshmallows in your mouth and say, chubby bunny, that challenge. You see that on YouTube all the time. You can do something similar with your podcast. The difference is on YouTube, you might see one video of it. Okay, I've dumped an ice bucket on my head. Ha <laughs> ha, done. One minute, two minutes later, you're good. You can really get into a level of connection with your audience by having the one week, two week, 30 day challenges. That is how you get connected with people. That is how you're going to get connected with your listeners. By the way, if you want to brainstorm any of these ideas for your podcast, you can reach out to me. I'm on all the social media networks Twitter, Mastodon, the links, newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Social experiments. This is another thing you see a lot on YouTube. One of the most creative social experiments on YouTube, in my opinion. Ja Jung, I've interviewed him before. He had something called 100 Days of Rejection. And I'm not sure why he started this. I think he was trying to just get better at asking for things that he wanted, jobs, raises, dates, whatever. And there was a theory, and there was a theory somebody had, a site called Rejection Therapy. I think this was actually made for a guy who wanted dates. And his thought was, I'm nervous about asking women for dates. If I get used to people saying no, it's not gonna sting as much. So he worked his way into feeling more comfortable about being rejected. Ja had his own reason for doing this. And he was doing funny things. One of them, I remember, and this took off, speaking of viral videos, he goes into Krispy Kreme, got him some glazed donuts. But he asked the woman, hey, could you make some Olympic rings out of donuts for me? <laughs> and she did. <laughs> and she did. And it's a fun story. He was asking people, hey, can I fly your helicopter? Going to Costco. Hey, can I have a hot dog? Asking those kind of things. Anyway, this is linked. It's newsletter.bigpodcast.com. That ended up getting him a TEDx talk, which later Ted made into a regular TED talk because it was so well shot, so popular. So it's on the TED site. It got him a book deal. It got him a ton of speaking engagements. He actually won the Golden Gavel Award, which is an award from Toastmasters and a very big deal. First guy who ever won it, Earl Nightingale, if you know him. I've talked about Earl on here. Earl's the first guy with a gold record of spoken word content a very well-known radio broadcaster, a very well-known guy in the personal success business. Nigel Conant, he's the guy behind it. He was the first Golden Gavel Award. It's a very big deal. Ja won that. I think a social experiment like this, obviously, if you're going into a Krispy Kreme, she's making donuts of different colors, you're gonna wanna see that. But a podcast, that would have been a great appendix to what he did on YouTube. It would give interested people more details about the experience here's what I was thinking, here's what I thought would happen, here's what happened, here's what's happened afterwards. It's a nice way to keep the connection up. Talk maybe to fans of the video, talk to people who tried to do the same thing themselves or their own ideas for rejection therapy. Like I said, an appendix, bonus content, something to connect to the people who love the videos in a different and deeper way. Let me give you an idea as far as social experiments go. Ja had 100 days, 100 different challenges that he put himself through. You don't have to do anything that deep. You can do a lo fi variation of this, maybe one thing daily for a month, one thing daily for two weeks, report back a couple of times per week to give listeners an update on the experience. This is something you could attach to your existing podcast. For example, this podcast, a podcast about building a podcast audience. Maybe I do this with podcast interviews. I ask somebody every day to be on their podcast. At the end of the week, I've asked seven people. I report back to you at the end of the week with a weekly huddle. All right, guys, here's what happened. I approached seven people. Three of them said yes. Seven of them said no. Whatever the results were. Told you the details, the ins and outs, the highs, the lows. How did I feel about getting rejected myself? Maybe something good happened. You can do something like that. One thing that you're going to do related to the niche of your podcast and then report back a couple times a week, maybe once a week. Let listeners know how that's going. Let's talk more about what that could look like. Saying yes to everything for 30 days. Whatever the niche. Maybe you've got a marriage podcast. I'm going to say yes to everything my wife asked me for the next 30 days. I'm going to let you know what happens. Don't tell her. Just start saying yes. See how she reacts. Does she notice? That's a story. People will come back for that. Not eating fast food. Maybe not eating sugar for 30 days. How do you feel? I had a buddy of mine. He loved going through the drive through window of McDonald's, man. Loved it. And that was like a really big deal for him. All right, man, I'm going to do this. I'm not going to go through any drive-throughs. Nothing that comes through my car window. I check in with him. How'd it go? Yeah, man, I did it. I felt great. Or, oh man, I felt bad. I did it and I felt so bad I had to do it again. Eat my sorrows away. (laughs) That's a story. Waking up early for 30 days. Flip that. Sleeping in for 30 days. There are a lot of ways that you can do this. ASMR. This genre of videos, crazy popular. That shaving video kind of became ASMR. People were watching it because they liked the sound of it. I randomly found a video of a lady recording sleep sounds. This was on a Blue Yeti. It's got 48 million views. And there's just as much opportunity for that in podcasting. People love sounds. They find it relaxing. Scratching scalps. Like here's what a scalp scratch is. Here's what clicking nails are. I don't know. Go look at it. ASMR. People are doing all sorts of stuff like this on YouTube. It's kind of cool to watch because you're seeing how people are making the sounds, but it's the sounds that are actually giving people the desired effect that they want. For example, something relaxing. Like I said, sleeping sounds. ASMR, look it up on YouTube. Soothing content. This is related. Any of these will work well for a podcast. Guide to meditation, very popular. Bedtime stories, affirmations, and other affirmative content. Nice content. Going to put that in quotes. Nice content. I found a video. I've got it linked at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. It's got 1.3 million views. And she would say something like, sunshine, lollipops, a baby's laugh. Go to chat GPT. Hey, chat GPT, give me a hundred things that are nice, heartwarming, relaxing sounds. This takes it back to ASMR. What is relaxing? I don't know. Depends on the person. You ever seen a real fancy sleep machine? Not just white noise. Maybe it's city sounds, crickets, crackling fire. People love that kind of stuff. That would actually work for a podcast. News. It's hard to compete with general news, but industry-specific or other niche format news programs work very well for podcasts. Pod news, you might be familiar with that. Daily podcasting news. What ideas have you borrowed from YouTube? I'm curious. Reach out to me. Again, Twitter, Mastodon. Let me know what you were thinking about. Let me know what you're doing. The list of everything that I mentioned, info how to get in touch with me, newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Podcast Jumpstart 2.0. Something so nice. Had to mention it twice. Just 15 minutes a day to grow your podcast. We're going through it as a group. It is free for you bigpodcast.net, not .com, bigpodcast.net slash jumpstart. Go there now. It is free. You'll join me and other podcasters doing those little bitty things that are going to get you a bigger audience, more money, more impact with your podcast, bigpodcast.net slash jumpstart. YouTube's podcast deals with NPR, Slate, and New York Times are flopping. Womp, womp. Non video podcasts from NPR, Slate, and the New York Times are struggling to find an audience on YouTube. That's the headline. Of course they are. What did you expect to happen? YouTube's a video platform. You can put audio content up on YouTube. I talked about this the ASMR stuff, shaving. I mean, maybe you're watching this, dude. One really well shot, but the sound was fantastic. Audio works on YouTube, but most of the time, people are there for videos. It was not designed for audio-only content. Because of this, people are going to YouTube looking for videos. They don't think audio, maybe for a song, maybe. But at this point, we've got songs on Spotify. We've got songs on other systems that are set up just for music. It's higher fidelity. You can take it wherever you go. YouTube is primarily a video platform. And with things like the NPR, Slate, New York Times deals flopping, a lot of podcasters are asking, should I put my audio-only podcast up on YouTube? Three reasons why I would. Number one, it's the easiest way for people to listen to a podcast. I'm gonna get into this in just a second. Number two, the flip side of that, it's easy to put your audio-only podcast on YouTube and it's completely automated via many podcast hosting companies. Set it. Forget it. Your podcast is there. Don't even have to worry about it. It's automatic. Number three, it's not going to hurt you and it may help you. Let me give you that real world example. This is related to number one. It is the easiest way for people to listen to a podcast. Zita Christian, I've talked about her before. She's in her 70s. She didn't start podcasting until she was 69. She's got a podcast for caretakers. Many of them her age or older. And I'm talking about people who are watching a loved one go through something somebody who needs an attendant, somebody to sit with them, somebody to do things for them. That is a very hard job. Because she wants to get her message out to as many people as possible, and YouTube is so easy, it makes sense for her to have her podcast on YouTube. Because her audience is of a certain age, 70 years old, 80 years old, and so many people are familiar with YouTube, you don't have to tell them about subscriptions or different apps, 70 or 80-year-old people, they know YouTube. YouTube is the second largest search engine on the web. People know YouTube. To go to YouTube, search for Zeta Christian, click on the link. That's how you can listen. That's fine. That's fine. Is it the most efficient? No. Would you or I listen to podcasts that way? No. We're going to put it on a podcast player, go on a phone, take in the car, go to the gym, Bluetooth, earbuds, whatever. But some people don't have those options. Maybe they don't have the money. Maybe they don't have the knowledge, whatever. You want to make your podcast successful and YouTube does that. It does not hurt for you to have your audio-only podcast on YouTube and it may help you and it may help other people. YouTube is super easy to share. Grandma, go listen to this podcast. Send grandma a YouTube link. She can play it. Easy. That does not mean you should stop distributing your podcast to traditional audio-only outlets or put all your money on YouTube. That doesn't seem to be paying off yet but do not sleep on YouTube. That's not a podcast. (laughs) This is related. (laughs) Uh, The middle-aged white guys, they're at it again. You say, I got a podcast. And they say, oh, where can I get it? YouTube. And they'll tell you, that's not a podcast. Technically, they're right. A podcast... On YouTube, it's not a podcast. It's a video of your podcast. Yes, that is being petty. But it's silly for us to worry about this stuff. If somebody wants to call it a podcast, and if somebody's going to click on the link and the link happens to go to YouTube, good. Good for them. Let them consume the podcast in whatever way you want them to. We call them cell phones. We don't use a cellular network anymore. We call it cable. It's coming in from satellite rolling up the window. You're not rolling anything up. You're pressing a button. Who cares? Let people call it whatever they want. If there's an RSS feed involved, who cares? You don't have to explain everything to everybody. Grandma, it's not actually a podcast. It's an RSS feed. It's a packet of data that comes down. Who cares? Grandma doesn't know what you're talking about. Your listeners definitely don't care. What they do care about is being able to easily access what you do. And for many people, that is YouTube. This is actually part of my podcasting humor section. If you want to see the visual, newsletter.bigpodcast.com. couple classified ads for you, Missing Letter. It's an all-in-one promotion platform that turns podcast into engaging social media posts and helps you solve distribution by finding the best influencers in your niche. Every episode of Big Podcast Insider gets run through Missing Letter. Every blog post that I do, Missing Letter. Every episode of the podcast, Build a Big Podcast, not just the Insider episodes. Missing Letter. It is a great way to leverage the networks and social networks of others to get your podcast, your blogs, your YouTube videos, any content that you've got on the web out to a different group of people. It's called Missing Letter. It's super easy to use, also automated. So check it out. It's linked at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. It's a social media scheduler. You can use it to schedule and analyze all your social media posts from a single dashboard if you're still on Twitter. And I am, I've talked about it. I think it's important to be where people are. Twitter's uh, up and down right now. We really don't know what's gonna happen. A lot of people have gotten off Twitter. A lot of social media schedulers, they don't even work with Twitter now because it's tens of thousands of dollars to pay for the API access. That's not gonna affect you when you use Publer. Publer is still on Twitter. It still works. Instagram. Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, wherever you are, wherever your audience is, including YouTube. Twitter, it's going to get your stuff posted there. I've got it linked. It's at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Thank you for listening to Build a Big Podcast. I'm here all the time, a couple times a week right now. I've got a new series of episodes coming, questions from people going through the jumpstart with me. They've already started sending them in. I'm recording these episodes now. If you want to be part of the jumpstart, it's at bigpodcast.net, not .com, bigpodcast.net slash jumpstart. I'll get you hooked up for free. You can send me your question. I will make you your own episode of Build a Big Podcast. Answer any question you want about growing a podcast audience, making more money, making more impact with your podcast. And if you want to make sure that you do not miss these episodes, this is how to do it. Bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. Some people call it follow, but the URL, still the same. Bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. Go there. I've got three buttons for you. It's so easy. Even your grandmother, who's only on YouTube, maybe not even on YouTube, she could figure out how to do it. I've got a button for iPhone, a button for Android, an RSS feed button. I've also got a QR code. If you want to scan it with your mobile phone, get Build a Big Podcast delivered directly to your phone. You can take it wherever you go. Your car, your gym, walk around the neighborhood, you want to turn it up really loud. Maybe you've got some noise-canceling headphones when you're mowing the lawn. Imagine that. <makes noise> Cutting that sweet Bermuda grass, making it look so good as you're listening to Build a Big Podcast, learning how to grow your audience, get more money for your podcast, make impact with your podcast. That's bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. Go there now before you forget, bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. And I'll see you on the next episode of Build a Big Podcast.